of true delight whom I unseen adore unveil thy beauties to my sight that I might love thee more oh that I might love thee more you're listening to the weekly podcast from Fort Worth Presbyterian the following message was recorded live from our sanctuary Our prayer is that this message would nurture a joy for loving God and loving people in you as you listen. Our scripture reading this morning is found in Mark chapter 8, verses 31 through 38. And if you're using the Blue Bible there in front of you, you can find that on page 844. Again, it's Mark chapter 8. Verses 31 through 38. Beginning in verse 31. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. And he said this plainly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. May God be gracious to us. And bless us and make his face shine upon us. Amen. Thanks, Steve. Let me uh, me pray for us. Father, um, for many of us, these are uh, familiar words. And I pray you would help the familiar Uh, be words of grace this morning. And for many of us, Lord, they may not be familiar words. And uh, would the call of Jesus uh, to follow Him in this way be something that makes sense and be endearing uh, because it is where we find life. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I I, I never have the... um, I never have the, the uh, wake up and think that you've preached this more moment, but I had it this morning, actually. I woke up and thought that I had just preached this and freaked out and kind of got up and went looking for another sermon. Uh, but I looked, and I, I have not done this. So um, if I have, you can tell me afterwards. But I've never had that until this morning. Um, Living in denial is not a phrase that we tend to view, you know, positively. That's always a phrase that we tend to use of those crazy ants that kind of live with 27 cats that we think are just not in reality, right? 
Um, but I kind of want to flip that and say Jesus is asking us to live in denial, that the, the way of life to follow Him is actually this kind of way of following after the cross. Uh, it's, it's the way of denying oneself, Jesus says, is kind of how it is that we day-to-day live with Him. And it's a counterintuitive way to think about life. Really a counterintuitive way to think about life as a way to kind of find life is a way to go after death. That seems strange. Um, when I moved here five years ago, Ben Dice and I started talking and uh, he gave me a book to read. Somehow we got on to what do you like to read and he said, I just read this book called The Last Run and it's about the uh, fishing boat in the Bering Sea. And it caught my attention. And since then, I have strangely been attracted to shows like Coast Guard Alaska and other stories I can find about that situation. And um, I was listening to NPR online a little while ago about a fishing vessel in the Bering Sea that was uh, in distress. And there were uh, three guys on board. One guy decided that his real safety was just simply to stay on board. He had uh, a cabin that had not yet filled with water. There was still power on the boat. There were some food and supplies on the boat. And he thought that since they had called the Coast Guard... This was the way to live. He was going to stay put. He was not sticking on the bright orange, you know, safety suit and going overboard. And his decision was, I'm going to stay put. The two other guys kind of donned the stay puff, marshmallow, bright orange, cold weather suits and walked to the ledge of the vessel that was foundering and kind of self-willingly threw themselves into 30-foot seas and separated themselves from the dry deck of the boat. And what looked like kind of going overboard into darkness and probable death and certainty, there's that moment where they let go of that boat and thought, all right, I'm sticking my eggs in this basket. And I think what Jesus is doing is this interchange with both Peter and then with the crowds is he's kind of looking and presenting for us this choice, this decision, saying like, look, if you want to follow me, there's a way that following me looks like. And it doesn't look safe. It actually looks like living in denial. It looks like death. It looks like self-willingly, voluntarily tossing yourself out Because there, actually, though, it looks like death. That's where you'll find life. And I, I want you to see just a couple things this morning. One, I want you to see that there's an aversion we have to this. Right? There's, a, there's a deep aversion to self-denial and death that runs in all of us. There is. And right on the heels of that, I want you to see, secondly, that there is a beneficial call invitation that Jesus gives for us to live in denial... For the sake of love. And thirdly, I want you to see actually that the Lord Himself is really committed to that cause Himself as the way for us. I want you to see that there's one, an aversion that we have. Two, I want you to see that Jesus gives this beneficial call to us. An invitation that this is actually the way of life. And third, I want you to see the great hope that Jesus has gone ahead of us down this path. To actually provide for us the life He calls us to, okay? Okay, first, this idea that there is an aversion in this, to it. 
the passage makes it clear, right, doesn't it? That the, the, the path of self-denial is not natural, even as we're called to it. And you see it experientially in Peter, don't you? Now, I know Peter gets a hard rap often. But Jesus says, he began to teach that the Son of Man has to suffer many things, be rejected, and be killed, and rise. And this is the part I love about the Bible, right? You could, you could fly right by this. But if you look in verse 32, I love the way God has inspired the Bible, because he says these fun little comments like this. And he said it to him plainly. Right? Like, it wasn't confusing. It, it wasn't like Jesus said it in code or some way that... He said that this is the way that the kingdom of God is going to come to his disciples. I'm going to die, suffer, and three days later, I'm going to rise. I can't make it clear, Peter. And the beauty is, is the response of Peter to that after it's just clearly laid out in front of them. Right? Jesus is saying that he is committed in order for the victory of his kingdom to take place, in order for the life that he wants to bring, the way it's going to come is through death Denial, suffering, and cross-bearing. And Jesus' response is, or Peter's response is what? No. No, 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 no. Not that way. Like, Jesus, that's not the way your kingdom's going to come. I've got a better plan. And it is interesting, Steve... Steve Allen read that with real force, like Jesus saying, get behind me, Satan, right in that, in that deep kind of thing. There was some orneriness to Jesus' response in this. To say to his own disciple, you do not think the way God thinks. You think the way of man thinks. And the way man thinks is self-protection, self-gratification. Me, 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 me. Self, 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 self. There's an aversion that we have to death. There's an aversion that we have to denial. And it's not just in the experience of Peter, which is, you know, almost a hopeful thing that you see that the apple hasn't fallen that far from the apostolic tree, right? That Peter himself has difficulty believing that death and denial is the way we should go. That rings true for us, doesn't it? But it's not just in the experience you see there in the text. It's in the way Jesus describes the invitation and the choice. Why in the world would Jesus kind of rhetorically say, or why would he put the if-then statement, if you would follow after me, deny yourself and pick up a cross. Because if you would, if you would try to keep your life, if you would try to hold your privileges, if you would try to protect yourself, then you'll lose it. You will lose life in this life and eternally, spiritually in the next. He says, he's got to put that if out there because he understands our frame, right? It's not natural for us to deny ourselves. It's natural for us to, to protect ourselves and to stand on our rights. And look, selfishness is the big thing that I think plagues me in some way. That the call of Jesus is to self-denial. And what I want to do is kind of self-entitle. I love, I love golf. You've heard me say this before. And I love the PGA Tour. And I don't know what you think about Tiger Woods. And I've said that before, but his talent and gifts are amazing. And I love to watch golf. I do. 
I love it. It's therapeutic for me in some way. And strangely enough, the U.S. Open always falls on Father's Day. Right? And the idea of kind of being a father that is, you know, gifted by God to have these children and this wife who has blessed me. You would think that like following Jesus on Father's Day means that like I live for my children. Like what a wonderful thing I get to be with my children. And instead, what I want to be on Father's Day, kids, don't take this too personally, right? Is single (laughs) and childless. Like I just want to be left alone. Like... Me, selfishness reigns in my heart. Now look, don't take that the moral of story is is that you can't watch the U.S. Open. That's not my point. The point is, though, that my heart tends to be towards me. It is not natural for us to deny ourselves. It is not natural for us to run towards death. It's not. It is the work of Jesus in our heart. It is the spiritual thing that he works in us. But Jesus says, look, here it is. If you try to hold it, you lose it. And for me to say it's not kind of, it's not, he has got to say that because he knows our frame and he knows our tendency to live for ourselves. We know those ways, right? Our love for comfort and ease keeps us from denying ourselves for the sake of other people. Our sense of entitlement to what we should get and what we should have keeps us from kind of wanting and moving towards giving our lives up for the sake of the gospel and for Jesus. Our deep-seated selfishness that runs in a thousand different directions and you kind of take just a moment in the silence here and think of the flavor of your own selfishness that you love to coddle that keeps us from kind of giving ourselves away for the sake of the gospel. You ready? Think on that for one second. Pride. Right? Our pride keeps us from kind of living in humility with some freedom, ambition, vanity, keeps us from death. Self-righteousness and an abandon to be in the right keeps us from the freedom of confession, genuine repentance, seeking forgiveness and mercy. And I just think you have this kind of moment with Peter as Jesus describes the way His kingdom comes because Jesus and the Bible are clearly honest about That this is not easy for us. This is not the natural thing for us. And yet it's the way of the kingdom, right? The way of the kingdom of Jesus goes squarely through the crossroads of crucifixion and death. And on the other side, resurrection. So even as you see this aversion to Peter in the statements of Jesus and in our own hearts, Jesus moves right into this kind of conditional statement and that is the second thing. That is this. That there is a beneficial invitation that Jesus gives here to us to deny ourselves for the sake of loving Jesus in the gospel. Because this is actually where Mark's gospel turns. Up to this point in Mark's gospel, the whole first eight chapters have been all about who is Jesus? Is He really God's Christ? Is He really God's anointed? Is He really the one who will bring the kingdom of salvation to bear for people like you and me? And at Peter's confession, it turns. 
And it moves from the question of, is Jesus really this person, to this idea of what does it look like to be someone who will follow him? And the rest of Mark's gospel turns to this thing of, what does it look like to follow him? What does it mean to follow after him? What does it mean to actually claim and live kind of on a daily, real-life basis by faith that Jesus is our Savior, our Redeemer? And when he says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me, he puts this good statement in it. Because if out of a love for Jesus and a love for the mercy of the good news of what He has done for Him, if we will follow that road, if we'll give up on our rights and our entitlements and our self, if we'll deny ourself in that way and follow Jesus, then we will actually gain life. Now, this is the thing I want you to say. Here, it's not simply the burden of denying yourself in some plain bare drudgery. It is the call to actually lay down our life in the context and for the sake of loving Christ in the gospel. It's in the context of loving, right? He says, if you will deny yourself, if you will lose your life for the sake of being connected to me and all that he gives you, then it's actually there that you will find freedom in life. So... William Lane wrote it this way. He says that those who wish to follow him have to be prepared to shift the center of gravity in their own lives from a concern for self, not just that's the end, but to a reckless abandon to the central thought that we are giving ourselves up for another. It's voluntary. But Jesus is saying, if you would follow after him, we will deny ourselves. We'll give ourselves up. Um, and the imagery is evoking two things here. One is self-denial and the other is actually cross-bearing. And, you know, if you have been around Christianity, if you've been around the Bible, or if you haven't, you know that this idea of taking up your cross was something very common to that day. If you were slotted for execution by the Roman government, then part of the shame and part of the trial that you had to do often was is that you carried the crossbeam of the crucifix to the place of your own execution. You had to bear physically down the road as people watched that crossbeam of death. And Jesus is saying that for some of us, that if we want to follow Jesus, there is a very real sense in which physical death for the sake of the gospel might be our plight. Now look, he actually said to his disciples that because a lot of them in his day were going to face it. Now, Fort Worth, 2013, a lot of people go to church. This is a fairly safe place to be. And we shouldn't feel guilt or shame that it may be the course that maybe not any of us will actually lose our physical life for the sake of being connected to Jesus. But I don't know that. And it may not be us, but it may be our children down the road. Or I don't know, it may be that some of you, as you finish this life and your children have been raised 
and they've moved off and you have an opportunity for a second career, that you will actually go someplace where that is a real opportunity. And I would pray that Jesus would give you the grace to do that very thing. But Jesus is certainly saying that there is a very real sense in which the radical call that He is giving to us is that we would actually be willing to lose our very life for the sake of being connected to His redeeming love. It is that radical. But it might not be that for us. But there is also a notion of the day-to-day idea of self-denial and self-death, of living by faith, of simply walking with Him day-to-day. And... um, The idea that to follow Jesus means we are actually actively to kind of put down our entitlements and lay down our rights and die to our self-gratification and self-entitlement along the way is a very real thing. So stop for one moment and listen to me. I'm going to say this again. What Jesus was saying was... This is not just a burden of self-denial apart from the hope that He gives in it. Because He says, if for the sake of the love of Christ and the Gospel, you will lay it down. So hear these applications in that light for just one moment. In Fort Worth, what does it look like for us as the people of God to deny ourselves kind of on a daily basis for the sake of Jesus? And for the sake of the gospel, I'll give us a couple. I do think that in our day and age, that the invitation, that the thing that Jesus is saying looks like this, certainly in the workforce. In our culture, what we're called to is get ahead at all costs and make kind of what you can while you can and climb over the bodies on your way to the top. Now, hear me rightly. I am not saying that we should not work hard and that that we should not be rewarded for our good labor. I'm not naive in that. But there is certainly a way in which Jesus is calling you and I as the people of God for the sake of being connected to Him by faith that when unrighteousness is the opportunity to get ahead in the world of work, you and I, by His mercy, will lay down our rights and the easy road to the inner ring And actually face a poorer evaluation by our boss who loves the road of unrighteousness for the sake of being connected to Jesus. And that will cost us. It will. Um, In a world, right, where... um, and Let me say this gently with kids in the room, but... Guys, I cannot go through a day on Saturday, right, without any PGA event having 43 commercials for Viagra or Cialis. I'm not making a statement about the drug itself. I'm I'm simply saying that my five-year-old is asking me questions that I never thought a five-year-old would ask, right? The ubiquity of of sexual self-gratification that is thrust upon us as a culture, is drowning. And certainly it means that if we are to follow after Jesus, 
It means that we are to actually die to the sense of entitlement that means I can look at whatever I want, I can please myself however I want because I say that I'm under the stress that no one else is under or you don't understand the relationship that I have with my wife or whatever. Certainly Jesus is calling us to die, to attempt to lay down our sense of entitlement in that right, right? There is a dying that we're really called to in that. That our culture is certainly saying to us that we should have it all. And there's a sense in which maybe denying ourselves kind of looks like this. Wives, I will walk gently, but I ask my wife on this one so I feel like I'm on good grounds. That denying ourselves actually means that what we will do is we will attempt to put to death, to silence the kind of internal thing that lives and says, I want to fantasize about a husband who's nicer or kinder or gentler or more gracious, or something other than the one that God has given me. We're believing that the grass will always be greener if we just had more, or lived in a better place, or had nicer friends, or, or whatever. That, we, that Jesus is saying, if we will die, attempt to put those things down in a way, we'll actually find life. And it's the little things. This is funny. As a church of Jesus, if we as the Fort Worth community and this church is really bent on attempting to kind of make us live together and come together and be together in a community, if we actually live together in an honest way where we rub elbows with each other, guess what? We are going to offend one another. If you live in a community group with one group for anything longer than six months, guess what you will run into? Our sin, our pettiness, our sharp comments, our prejudices. And if we would follow after Jesus, certainly Jesus is looking at us and saying, we're invited to let love cover a multitude of sins and die to our right to revenge, resentment. And to follow after Jesus for the sake of being connected to Him and His mercy and kindness and give it up. And it's the little things, right? I mean, that's the beauty of this gig. Sometimes it is the huge things that might cost you the promotion. But following after Jesus and denying ourselves daily is oftentimes found in the littlest of stuff. And again, selfishness is the thing I fight, but I laugh. It started out with my wife with ice cream. Now it's moved on in my family to cinnamon rolls. We have cinnamon rolls on Sunday morning. It's kind of our Sunday morning break. And no one really in the family likes the orange ones but me. And I love them. My kids like the white ones, or they like the Sister Schubert's, or they like the chocolate ones, which are just awful. And I just want my wife to buy the orange ones. Why? It's my home. I made the money. Bring me my orange cinnamon rolls. And really, y'all... The day-to-day denial of following Jesus is about cinnamon rolls. It is about for the sake of following after Christ and His mercy and being connected to Him, I will give up orange for the sake of being united to Him. 
And look, if you're here, and I would ask it, if you're here and you're thinking, I don't know if Christianity is something that I actually want to follow. Can I tell you how glad we are you're here? I hope that this is a church where you will really be able to discern the claims of what it is to follow Jesus. And if at this point you looked and said, man, I thought this Christianity thing was just, I'm good with my guilt and I've kind of got this hope of life afterwards. And you think this might actually be a good time for me to back out of this gig. I'm going to tell you what, I wouldn't blame you. Because this isn't just a religion for people who can't deal with reality and who can't deal with the the, the sad thought of death and so they just have to hope in some fake terry tale. This is actually a, a system of belief where Jesus is actually calling His people to do this crazy thing of self-denial and death. And if you looked and said, I don't know that that's actually what I want. Again, I don't know that I blame you, but I would look at you and say, please hear the end of the story. Because Jesus is claiming that there is life in denial. You know, it's a daily thing, isn't it? I mean, if you look at Luke's gospel, that Jesus actually says, it's not just denying yourself, it's a daily thing. Which is even harder, isn't it? Couldn't it just be a seasonal thing? Couldn't it just be an every now again thing? Maybe it could just be a Christmas thing once a year. But Jesus says actually to follow him, that the life that kind of comes with him is, is daily picking up this cross, daily giving up our rights, daily dying. And I had a friend in college by the name of John Bear, who, um, whose dad was a professor at Cornell, believer. His dad was a strong believer as well. And Fifteen years into his marriage, um, his wife contracted late-stage MS. And for 30-plus years, as his wife degenerated, Dr. Bear every day, kind of more and more had to do the things that you and I just simply take for granted, right? Feed her, deal with her physical issues of life, clothe her, undress her, get her to the chair. And the interesting thing is that when you would sit down with Dr. Bear and talk to him, he would kind of say things like, This is kind of what love looks like. Because I've been loved so well. Dr. Bear is getting something to the daily grind, the marathon of the fact that the call that Jesus has on us is this everyday reality till our dying breath. Look, I know that there are seasons where we do this better than others. I get that. But he is certainly pressing upon us this kind of daily reality. But it is life-giving dying. That's what he's saying. It's life-giving. The interesting thing is, is when the two guys threw themselves off the boat into the water, they had these things called EPIRBs, emergency position indicating radio beacons. When they let go of that boat, when they plunged themselves into the sea, When they tossed themselves into the place that looked like death, 
that radio beacon went on. And the Coast Guard found him. But by actually heading voluntarily, self-willingly through the love of Jesus into death, kind of life-saving grace is brought to us. And it brings us life. Listen, I'm no fool to think that we do that in our own strength. And I forget it easily a lot. But just listen to this. I think this is really sweet. It says, Jesus is not using cross-bearing simply to describe the human experience of carrying some burden through life. Cross-bearing as a follower of Jesus means nothing less than giving one's whole life to Him. And here comes another surprise. This is really sweet. He says, this is the way of freedom. If you clutch your life wholly to yourself, protecting it against all others, asserting all your rights, needs, and privileges, you lose it because it's no longer life. If, however, you acknowledge that life is not yours by right, that all is privilege, and that it's to be lived in the love the gospel story reveals, self-giving love, then you possess it wholly. And this is another sweet phrase. He says, there is now nothing to lose and everything to gain. Which I think leads us to this last thing. And briefly it's this. It's that the Lord Jesus is Himself committed to that way of life for us. Like it is to take you back to the very beginning thing that Jesus said. And that first it is this. It is first not a bare command that you somehow just do it on your own. It is this. That Jesus has said that He would bring this kingdom and this power to bear in you by dying first Himself. Because He began to teach that the Son of Man has to suffer things and be rejected and be killed and then three days later rise. Because this is the Lord's great commitment to you and I. It's that out of His great love, He has sent forward Jesus to voluntarily lay down His life, not simply to be an example to you and I. But He has sent Jesus into the world, His only child, His only Son, right? To give Him up. And Jesus Himself came into the world and voluntarily laid down His life and gave it up and died. For what reason? That He might love you. And that by His death and His resurrection, He might bring into this world a kingdom whereby you and I are enabled to live out of the overflow of that love for the sake of Christ and do that very thing. Guys, His own preceding death and resurrection are not just the model. They're the source of the hope that you and I can love and live in this fashion. And Jesus, if you look at John 12, and this is a good place to end, says this. He uses another metaphor. He says, if, if a grain of wheat doesn't fall to the ground and die, it doesn't produce anything. But if a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, then it grows life and produces a lot of fruit. And that is the idea of His life for us. What is our only hope that you and I will be able to live in such a manner? That we have one who's gone before us. 
That we have one who has brought a kingdom to bear? That we have one who has died and three days later has come to life to ratify and validate his kingdom and bring it to fruition so that you and I will receive mercy and grace in our hour of need to do the very thing that Jesus calls us to. That's our hope. Let's pray. Father, it's a, um, it is a hard call, but it's a good call. And we ask that you would be kind to your people. Jesus, help us for the sake of the love that is set before us to freely give ourselves up. And on the other side, now and on the other side, Lord, would you help us to find that life, to have the life that you say. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this weekly podcast from Fort Worth Presbyterian. Our prayer is that this message was able to nurture a joy for loving God and loving people in you. Please visit our website for worship service times, directions to the church, and to subscribe to this podcast. Our web address is fortworthpca.org. Fort Worth Presbyterian is a part of the Presbyterian Church in America. Jesus, my Lord, my life, my light, oh, come with blissful rain, break radiant through the shades of night, and chase my fears away. Won't you chase my fears away?